It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to take it back to the old school on this one right here. Let's go. <laughs> Come on now.
Father God, good morning, Lord Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Great God, you had a great, great weekend. And um, I guess basically the main thing I can say is that God has something good for you in store this morning. And it's going to be right over here on this headline. So I say, good morning, Father God. Good morning, Lord Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. And good morning, Tedline.
God, did you get that? Over me. <clears throat> he said, let's speak this over me. No more sickness. No more sadness. Over me, brothers and sisters. Jesus reminds us many, many times in his word that what we say reveals what's in our heart. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, mouth speaks. You know, your believing right gives birth. It gives birth to revelation. And your revelation gives birth to your miracle. Your miracle gives birth to your celebration. Praise God. Romans 10.10, with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. But with the mouth, with your mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Now, I'm going to share this message with you. But there's a message that goes in front of this message. And um, I'm probably doing this backwards. But sometimes God will take you from the back of a thing to the front. The, the message that goes in front of this message is, is called, um, I think I named it, it's a lot, it's about 300 pages. As a matter of fact, it's 300 and, let's see, 299. It's actually... 305 pages, but you know how I do it, big print and all of that, what I'm emphasizing to myself, what I want to get in my heart. So the front of this is actually actually 300 pages, and the name of it is uh, Risk of Faith. I was trying to find the booklet I wrote called Faith will make you look foolish. That's what I was looking for when I found this. And I realized um, when I wrote this years ago, but God said this message today is uh, following this, follows this. So I gotta, I gotta share this one today. If you over on Spreaker, you'll notice I wrote in the chat room, I put carpe diem, carpe, carpe diem, carpe diem, carpe diem in there. I just wrote carpe diem. Carpe diem means seize the day. Uh, write that. Is I, I was thinking about a poem that um, I learned in English Lit class, in an, in an English Lit class. 
And um, I don't know what made me think about that poem. I was thinking about my last name since I've been married to Brother Joe Shepherd. And I thought about uh, this poem. The name of the poem was The Passionate Shepherd to His Love. And I was trying to figure out, okay, God, how does that poem relate to right now? Well, carpe diem means seize the day. That's just part of its meaning, but seize this day. It means make the most of the present time. It means make the best use of this present moment or time. And it implies, you know, enjoy life while you can. And as I was thinking about it, there's no message that is timelier, and then I saw God taking me back in time again, back to the spirit of distraction. But I didn't know how he was going to open it up. This uh, carpe diem, as I said, sees the day. You see, brothers and sisters, either we're going to rise up and seize the day for the glory of God or we stand the chance of letting this um, opportunity letting this opportunity pass us back. So I began to think about that You see, a lot of people walk around with um, bitterness and anger and regret over, like, what might have been or how it might have happened or even this happened 30, 40 years ago, and they are locked. They lock to the point that they cannot grab a hold of or see what God has for them right now. Right now. So as I was thinking about it, and I was just, okay, God, what, what you want? What are you trying to tell me so I can get this? And the Holy Spirit said, how much, Erica, are you willing to risk becoming all that God wants you to be? I said, um, and I, I, I started sweating and I started thinking, I really don't know what this means here. And so just kind of put down on a piece of paper. Think about this. How much am I willing to risk 
becoming all that God wants me to be. And the way the Holy Spirit works with a lot of us is when you take that piece of paper and you type in your computer or you write those first words, then he'll begin to give you the rest. You see, I was thinking about this. In this spiritual realm of faith, what you risk in Jesus or what you risk for Jesus or by Jesus is what you're going to get. Those who risk little in Jesus generally achieve little in Jesus. Those who risk the most in Christ Jesus gain the most. Are you with me? So then I began to think about this thing. And I began to think about the heroes. <laughs> the heroes of the Bible. I like to look at heroes, you know, because like heroes, you have heroes in life and you have heroes in situations. And, you know, you have heroes in the military, too. But you got heroes in the Bible. Spirit said then, that shouldn't surprise you, Erica, because the greatest heroes in the Bible were also the greatest risk takers for God. And the Holy Spirit, again, emphasized that that should not surprise me because your whole life of faith, my whole life of faith is naturally risky. My whole life of faith is a life of risk. And that's when he told me to go back and look in my uh, 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 USB drive and find that message I wrote on, I tried to find the little booklet first. I didn't find the booklet, but I found a whole 309 pages that I wrote on um, risk and faith. So then I put that down. I, I, Email that over to my computer where the printer is, and I printed it out. Then the Holy Spirit said, "Now go back to the Bible, and I want to I want to show you some men and women who did great things for God, and they were all, without exception, risk takers. They were people who weren't afraid." to lay it all on the line for God. And I said, okay. And I I thought I heard the Holy Spirit say, it's time now for us to seize the day for the glory of God. Can I get about 12 people to post that in the chat room? It's time now 
for us to seize the day for the glory of God. I'm talking about risk takers. I'm talking about people in the Bible who weren't afraid to lay it all on the line for God. You know, most of us know about Noah. Noah, the preacher who built an ark. We know about Abraham who set out for regions unknown because God had promised to show him a better land. We've all heard about Moses at the age of 80 led the children of Israel out of Egypt. We all know about Joshua and the walls of Jericho. We know about David and Goliath. And we know about Daniel and the lion's den. Brothers and sisters, the Holy Ghost is saying, it's now time for us to seize the day for the glory of God. The Holy Spirit said, I'm going to show you another hero now, Erica. You're going to recognize his name and but I'm wondering if you ever really looked at his story. I said, who, Holy Spirit? He said, Elijah. Elijah. He said, Elijah, hear me this morning. He said, Elijah, onto the stage of biblical history at a low ebb in the history of Israel. The nation was almost completely given over to idolatry. And God raised up a mountain man to confront the evil men. I said, listen to me. The Holy Spirit said, now get up and look out the window. Get up, leave the sanctuary, and go look out the window in the uh, uh, fellowship hall. So I got up, I went and looked out the window in the fellowship hall, and you know what I saw? This this church looks over all of Dalton. I could see the lights. I never met a preacher like that. I said, tricky because you go up and you don't know you're climbing because it's so well um constructed and paid. And so I came back, I said, God, that was really beautiful, me looking out the window and realizing I'm up on this mountain and I could see all the way to downtown Dalton. I said, yeah. He said, you know what, Erica? I said, what? <clears throat> now, I know some of y'all might think it's strange to have dialogue with God, and you know what? I think it's strange, too. I think it's strange that everybody is in dialoguing with him. That's what I think is strange. He said, so I know I was talking to the Holy Spirit then. And you got to know who you're talking to. He said, when Elijah stepped 
on the stage of biblical history, the nation was almost completely given over to idolatry. He said, and guess what? I said, yeah, Lord. He said, God raised up a mountain man. <laughs> I know you don't worry about it. I'm all right. He said, God raised up a mountain man to confront the evil men who controlled the government of the nation. I said, okay, Holy Ghost, I'm really enjoying this one. He said, look at Elijah. He said, Elijah took on the prophets of Baal and won the contest on Mount Carmel. He said, Elijah, in the name of a sovereign God, humbled the posture of a nation's idol worship. He said, Elijah brought fire from wet wood and rain from a dry-eyed heaven. Elijah, Erica, was used by me to bring the recognition of Jehovah from pagan lips. I said, okay. He said, Elijah was rough around the edges. He said, Elijah did things that most people would find peculiar. He said, but Elijah had no fear except he got discouraged and ran away. Okay. He said, Elijah, the Holy Spirit was teaching me about the nature and showing me the character of Elijah, a prophet of God, by the way. He said, Elijah could be gentle to a widow and tough as nails with the false prophet. Holy Spirit said, Elijah was far from perfect. Sometimes he got discouraged. And sometimes he did foolish things. Sometimes Elijah gave in to self-pity. This is what the Holy Spirit wants you to get this morning. But when Elijah was in his prophet element, he was awesome. I said, wow. And then I was saying, like, I was thinking. I was thinking. I was thinking. Elijah probably wouldn't have been the easiest person to be around. And the Holy Spirit was saying, yeah, you're right. Because look at this, Erica. Elijah was feared by kings and false prophets. Elijah was cheered and beloved by the young men he trained. He said, Elijah was the talk of the nation. He said, look at Elijah, Erica. He said, Elijah would suddenly appear, deliver a message from God, and then vanish. <laughs> Seemingly vanish 
for months at a time. She said, but Elijah exploded onto the scene at the time he was needed. God put him on center stage and allowed Elijah to come and go as he, God, pleased. He said, can you imagine? Yeah, Laura, can you imagine? He said, Elijah riled up the king and his evil wife and called down fire from heaven. He said, Elijah humiliated the false prophets, and then Elijah slaughtered them. He said, but can you imagine again, Erica? I'm thinking again, oh boy, this is this sanctified imagination here. God is calling on. And in the aftermath of his greatest victory, Elijah ran away and prayed that God would take his life. And at that point, I was thinking, what a complicated man Elijah must have been. I was thinking it must have been hard for people to try to figure out what Elijah was thinking. And worse than that, I was thinking it must have been hard for people to try to know what Elijah was doing. But you see, what was important is that Elijah was a man of God, and the Holy Spirit said to me, look out over the mountains, a mountain man. He wasn't no glorified nothing. He was a mountain man. And God needed someone to seize the day. He called on Elijah, and his mountain man answered the call. You see, brothers and sisters, Elijah, as the Holy Spirit pointed it out to me, was a faith-filled being risk-taker for God. Elijah wasn't afraid to look foolish in the eyes of his countrymen. Elijah's best moment, most probably in his whole life, came through the showdown with the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. Understand this. Hear me, because I'm going somewhere with this this morning. Elijah's showdown with the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. One man, one mountain man, he wasn't the rich man that we know of, but yet he possessed all. One mountain man versus 850 bad, evil, wicked men. And Elijah, God's mountain man, God's risk taker, with God's help, beat them all. Yay, Elijah. He beat them all today. We're entering into 
and we have actually been in confrontation with the hidden spirits of Baal. B-A-A-L. Baal, having launched guerrilla warfare spirits against us Christians, against us believers, Baal, when the United States of America was dedicated to Baal, he ceased before Christ. It is written in the cave in Oklahoma. It's written in the cave of Maine. It's written in the cave of Texas. It's written in the cave of Vermont. Americans built an arch to bail, posted it in Central Park. The evangelicals fought bail back in the 60s. They thought they had overcome Baal. But some sorcerers and some wizards and some witches called the spirit of Baal back. And the spirit of Baal had a legal right to come into America because the land had been claimed for Baal. And Baal, the God of many, the Lord of the storm.
has always been God's method. What you mean, Erica? Listen. When God wanted to change the world, he told Noah to do something he had never done before. Build an ark to prepare for something he'd never seen before, a flood. When God wanted to bring forth a great nation, he called a successful middle-aged businessman named Abram and told him to leave earth, Chaldees. When God wanted to deliver his people, he found a man, slow of speech, named Moses, and sent him to talk to a Pharaoh. When the Lord God, hallelujah, wanted someone to hide the spies in Jericho, he found a prostitute named Rahab. When God needed someone, Goliath, a giant, he chose a shepherd boy. When God, listen to me this morning, when God wanted to deliver his people from destruction, he chose a young girl named Esther. Brothers and sisters, Timmy, when God wanted some men in his inner circle, in God's inner circle, God chose fishermen. God chose tax collectors. God chose a loudmouth fisherman named Peter. And he chose two brothers called the sons of thunder. And he told them to drop everything and follow him. He told them, I'm going to change your life. Drop everything and follow me. Nobody wants to change, brothers and sisters. Nobody. But I got a word for you this morning. He tells us out of our comfort zone. It is Jesus that is forcing us out of our rut and crack. It is Jesus that is destabilizing our routines. Jesus is challenging our priorities. And Jesus calling you. Please, this day, to make the most present time, make the best use of your present moment. Jesus is wanting you to enjoy in God, in him, with his Holy Spirit. Please understand this if you can. I'm trying to tell you something. It is Jesus that has disrupted your plans. It is Jesus that is causing you to ask 
new questions and seek new answers to all questions. It is God through Jesus and by the power of his own Holy Spirit that is introducing us to a whole new set of problems. Problems, brothers and sisters, that God already knows that only change, only your changing, my changing, will open these doors, exciting new opportunities in him. You see, God knows that changing stretches us in ways that we don't want to be stretched. Holy Spirit say God knows that changing upsets our apple carts. Spirit say God knows that changing kicks us out of our old patterns and old ways of doing things. And the Holy Spirit say God knows that changing is necessary in order to reposition our life destinies towards him, not away from his goodness. God knows that change is generally a good thing, but that it often doesn't seem that way. When we're facing it or just starting to go through change. The Holy Spirit wants me to tell you this morning, especially with the spirits of distraction continually working against you and I, trying to prevent us from seeing, hearing, and most of all, receiving the covenantal benefits of God and his best for our lives. Brothers and sisters, the Holy Spirit says, seize the day. Make the most of this present time in God. Make the best use of your present time in Christ Jesus, and by the power of his own Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters, you will overcome the day today. Seize the day. Seize it. Take it. Utilize it. For the kingdom of God is here at hand. You must seize the day.
Oh! Uh-huh. 
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.